Hi, hello, what is up? What is going on? Michelle here from the Fuel Pod, aka Fuel My Run. How are you guys doing today? It is, I, <laughs> I've been recording some episodes the Monday before they go live on Tuesday. So you're getting the real deal here, people. This is real time life, which is that redundant? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, so today we're talking mantras. We're talking half marathon recaps. I just did the Long Beach half marathon. So I'll be talking a little bit more about that. I've been talking about it on uh, my Fuel My Run Instagram. I post there more often at the Fuel Pod for episode updates, if you know what I mean. And yeah, oh my God, I got bit by something. Hold on, I cannot stop bitching my leg. How do I get bit by something from walking outside? Maybe it was from the race yesterday. I don't, I don't understand. I get bit. I live by the ocean. Okay, there's not supposed to be mosquitoes here, so it really doesn't make any sense to me. Something, bit, and I'm wearing jeans. How do they? How does a mosquito climb? It doesn't make any sense. But that's where I'm at right now. So I don't know. I feel like there's so many takeaways from this last week, especially this last weekend, that I thought it would be helpful to go through some of them. I've always found that when people talk about their life and racing and certain things, it's really cool when I can relate to it too. And it just kind of seems more real. And so when I was kind of crafting what I wanted to talk about in this episode, I was kind of like, I'm talking about myself too much. But it's like, literally, that's what I know. (laughs) I know the experiences I've been through. And I always find it really helpful to read when other people talk about their experiences. And so, you know, we're humans. We like to relate to shit. So let's <laughs> let's dive in. First of all, little win for myself right here. I'm actually drinking a hot coffee. And I know what you're thinking. Michelle, don't you drink coffee every day? Which most days I will, you know, have a cold brew. And it's not because I like cold brew more than another coffee. It's because cold brew has less acid and it's usually better at my throat, better with the acid reflux issue I've been dealing with. But it's a big freaking win today, people. It is fall. And I know it doesn't feel like fall where I live, which really bothers me. I miss the seasons. But it is fall and I crave a hot cup of freaking joe in the morning. Are you like that too? I am a hot coffee drinker though, through and through, even if it's 100 degrees outside, give me a hot cup of coffee. That's who I am. And that's the end of the episode. No. So anyways, I'm drinking a hot cup of coffee with like a splash of oat milk to kind of like cut the acid. But it's a big day because I've only been drinking cold brew and I've been starting to branch out. My medication's kicking in. The supplement plan I have is starting to work. And it feels very nice. Once everything is kind of like working, I will be on the supplements I'm on for a while and the medication, and then I will wean off of it and hopefully live a normal life again. (laughs) It's not a big deal. I'm just excited with the improvements I'm making. And a lot of has to do with my mental health and making sure that I'm feeling good. So small win, yay, holler at your girl, you know? But yeah, I mean, I really wanted to name this episode cornballing my way through life, but I really didn't think it'd have enough clickability. So (laughs) we're focusing on, you know, the half marathon recap and the mantras part of it, because a lot of people talk about mantras, but it's kind of corny to talk about it. And forming meaningful mantras is so important in my opinion. So we'll get to that at the end of today's episode. But let's talk about the race recap, Long Beach Half Marathon, one of my most favorite race courses in the world. 
And I'm not just saying that because I lived there. I've done a good amount of half and full marathons and races in general. A lot of 10Ks in there, some trail races. And this has been my favorite half marathon ever. On Instagram too, I kind of detail through my journey with the Long Beach half and full marathon. I've done it maybe a handful of times before and it just means so much to me. So let's get into it. So on Friday, it was kind of a half day of work for Sam and my schedule is kind of all over the place in general. So I made it so I didn't have too much work to do on Friday and we were chilling and all of a sudden something came over me. Maybe it was social media, <laughs> seeing everybody racing and stuff, which I don't know how healthy that is to like judge what you're doing based on other people on social media. But let's just like forget that detail for a second. But something came over me and I was like, Sam, we're going to walk to the Long Beach Marathon Expo. Okay. It wasn't too far. And I was like, let's just walk there. I don't know. <laughs> Before we go to the gym, like, let's just see what's going on. 50% sure I was going to sign up for the half marathon. Hear me out. This isn't just out of nowhere, okay? I'm training for a half marathon trail race, which I need to get some more trail runs in. Oh my gosh, the elevation is going to totally kick my butt if I don't get more trail runs in. But I was already going to do double digits this last weekend anyway. So running a half marathon really wasn't too out of the range for me, I guess, since I had been doing double digit runs preparing for this trail half marathon anyway. Not like too much preparing, just like a little bit to make sure I don't die during the race, but I'm not like specifically training for it or anything. Okay, enough disclaimers. So 50% sure I was going to sign up. It was like totally different this time around too. So because this time, obviously, it's the first live race in a while for Long Beach. During COVID and stuff, everything went virtual and obviously COVID's still going on now. So what they did was you had to bring either your vaccine passport or you had to show that you tested negative within like 72 hours, which, which is the best they can do. <laughs> it's so hard, I guess, if you don't have the vaccine, which just get it. <laughs> if you don't have the vaccine, I guess like they can't have you show it within 24 hours because you might not get your results back in time. I don't really freaking know. I have my vaccine passport, so that's what I showed. So then you get this little wristband at the expo and you move on with your life, you bring it to the race so it shows that you have it and you don't necessarily need to wear a mask because it's outside. You can wear one if you want, whatever you feel comfortable doing, but that's like the safest way they chose to do it. Also, the race was a lot, or I don't know if it's a lot, but like a lot smaller than typically is, I'm pretty sure. I think I read online that there were 10,000 people doing the bike race, full half and 5K. So I'm not 100% sure how many people were doing the half marathon, but it definitely felt like less because there's this part of the course that goes on the bike path. And usually it is so freaking full of people, which I was scared about this time around because we'll get to it, but I got stuck in a corral kind of far back. And I was nervous that the bike path was going to be super crowded, which is so annoying to have to shuffle your way through runners to if you wanted to pass. But anyway, I digress. 
expo, straightforward. I go up to this table after going up to three tables thinking it was a place to sign up. And they were like, no, that one. And then I'd go to one and be like, no, this one. I'm like, can someone just actually show me where to go? And I paid more money than I've ever paid for a half marathon. Oh, I was losing my mind. And I didn't bring cash. And they're like, oh, credit card's going to be 14 more dollars, which... At that point, I don't know why that would deter me because it was already so freaking expensive to sign up for it. But I was like, $14? I'm like, Michelle, relative to what you're paying, like, just freaking do it, okay? So I paid the price of what would have been a very nice gourmet sandwich and a coffee. And I signed up for the race. And walking home, I was a little bit scared. I was kind of like, what am I doing? Like, I last time I did this, I... Wasn't in shape for a half marathon, but I signed up just because a lot of friends were doing it and, you know, we we're going to go after and have beers and I just wanted to have ran before that. <laughs> and especially, I don't know, it's, it's fun being around other people running. It's fun. Races are great. If or if you're not in shape, it doesn't matter. They're fun in general. So last time I did it, though, I was trying to tap into my old PR Long Beach half marathon pace and I hit a wall at mile four, which I know what you're thinking, isn't a half marathon 13.1 miles? And the answer is yes, unless the course runs long and you have to run more cough, cough, like typical races. But yeah, 13.1 miles. I hit a wall at mile four, five-ish. So you can imagine how that race felt. <laughs> I had so many people pass me and so many friends like, you okay? <laughs> As they were passing, they're like, you good? I'm like, no, but... I'll see you at the finish line because you're going to finish before me because I am run walking this crap now. <sighs> Shuffling throughout the rest of the race after doing a clocking in like a 705 mile. But anyway, this time around, I knew I wasn't in shape and I got it in my mind. Like, I'm not going to go for a PR here. This is going to be a speed workout. I'm going to enjoy racing in person again because I've missed the crap out of it. And this is my hometown race. So let me just have fun with it. So I did a half-ass flat runner <laughs> before the race, which was like not a really good idea in hindsight. You should always, I think for even long runs, just to streamline the process, get your flat runner looking good, everything you're going to need for the race. If you're like, what the heck is a flat runner? That's just laying out your race clothes, your race shoes, all of your gear. And it kind of looks like there's a human on the ground without a human, but all this stuff is laying there. It's called a flat runner. So I realized when I was doing my half-ass flat runner, I'll tell you why in a second, I didn't have any gel. I didn't have any goo, which is super rare. And I think it's because I did that goo tasting video and I must have like opened a lot of the packets and I use some of them in my training runs for sure, but I just didn't have any. So I went to Vaughn's made a half-ass effort to try to buy some. Vons, of course, doesn't have any gel. And so I decided I was just going to go with whatever fuel was on the course, which I think it was like Cliff and maybe uh, Noon. I couldn't even tell you. I just consumed it. But I typically know exactly what it's going to be. And I've practiced with so many things, so it's not going to be like out of the ordinary for me to kind of wing it, especially since this wasn't like a super goal race or workout. I just kind of was winging it to a certain degree. So fast forward, Saturday goes by. I did have a beer in the middle of the day. I wasn't like strategically planning my meals, but I did make a dinner reservation at Michael's Pizzeria downtown, which is so freaking bomb. And I usually go there if I'm doing a local race and it's just really good quality 
simple margarita pizza. I highly recommend it. But I didn't really have a plan and I ate the dinner. It was fine. I actually had a glass of wine too to just kind of chill, got home, watched some TV, went to bed fairly early for me, 10, 30, 11. I woke up at 1 a.m. though and I was feeling so weird, like just so off. And I started having like really weird anxiety, which is kind of random since I wasn't really, I wasn't like nervous because I didn't really have too much pressure on myself for this race or workout, but I just had a weird feeling in the morning and I was off and I felt bad because I probably kept Sam up all night. I just, it felt weird and I was on Instagram for probably three hours and then I caught myself doing that and I was like, I'm literally going to lose my mind if I'm on this platform for any longer and I was looking at people who I didn't even know at this point and it was weird and I just didn't like it. So I started watching The Office and doing all this stuff and then finally I fell back asleep from... I want to say 4.45 to 5.45. The race starts at 7. And I got up groggy, just like not happy. And I really thought that I could make the decision just to go back to bed. I have no pressure to go to this race at all. I can just transfer it to next year, really lose out on half of the money that I spent since pre-registration was only like 80 or 75 bucks or something. And doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. No one's going to judge me if I don't do it. And it shouldn't matter anyways. This is like a personal decision that I'm making. And I laid in bed for a handful of minutes and I decided, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to make some coffee. And if I'm not feeling it, I'll go back to bed. So I made some coffee And all of a sudden, I realized that the bike race was going on, and that starts before the half and the full marathon start. And I got up and went outside and watched the bike race go by. And there's just something about it. It was so cool to be outside. It was still dark. Sun was going to come up soon, but it just felt so peaceful. Really, the only thing you heard was all these bikes going by. You saw all these people. Some people looked excited. Some people looked serious. And I was sipping on my coffee and I realized, yes, this is the sign that I needed to do this freaking thing. Let's go. Let's freaking go. So I got back inside for a little bit of extra motivation. I put in my AirPods to get in the zone. You know, I had made a playlist. A couple things I did the day before was make a playlist because that is so much fun for me to do. And I'll share the playlist that I made. I'll put that on my Fuel My Run Instagram mental note to do that. I will do it. I promise. Go on there. You'll find it. And I also strategized a good workout because again, I didn't want to go into this race pushing it really hard, knowing, really knowing deep down I wasn't in shape to be pushing it at a certain level. But I also didn't want to go and just like go on a normal easy pace run because I knew, you know, being around that many people, you have the adrenaline going, you're feeling good, you're going to go faster. So I wanted to be realistic about what I was going to do, but also not kill myself. So doing what I do best, I planned (laughs) a workout. And it's so funny because even though I write workouts for other runners and I've trained a variety of runners over the period of like 10 years, it's so much different writing a workout for yourself. And, you know, even coaches need coaches. It's a lot easier to take information from somebody else and really strategize for them versus really coming to terms with where you're at individually and 
strategizing for yourself. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. And so I kind of took it from a coaching perspective. I evaluated just like I was any other person and not myself, where I was at physically, workouts that I've done recently in the past month, in the past week, in the past six months. I did exactly what I would do for a runner that I was training. And it's just so much harder to do it for yourself. Again, really hard to explain, but it's, you know, moving forward. If I really want to hit a goal, it's really nice to vet what you think about your plan for yourself with another coach or work with another coach to get there. So I really just tried to take myself out of the equation and look at it like I was somebody else. And it actually really worked, even though the effort was really high to put it together. I at first made a plan to start fairly slow for myself in terms of warming up during the race and then really progressing and doing like a sub 7.30 at the end of the race. And I really strategized around this for a while and, you know, let it be. At the end of the night, <laughs> after dinner on Saturday, I came back to that plan and realistically knew I would not start out that slow and I might not have it in me at the end to do a sub 7.30. And so I completely adjusted the plan, made it more flexible because I knew that, you know, this was, I hadn't done a half marathon strategically in a long time. I've only done like easy pace runs recently, except for a random 10 mile treadmill run that turned into a tempo workout, but I digress. So I ended up making the first few miles faster since I realized running to the start line was going to be a warm up for me anyways. And my body was going to be a little bit warm and I completely made the plan more flexible, but still realistic. And I'm glad I did that because sometimes you need to write it down, think about it. And I even do this for clients too. I'll write down a plan and kind of strategize around it a little bit, do a little research, and then I'll come back to it before I send it over to them to tweak a few things to make sure it's optimal before sending it out. So whatever, I did what I would do for a client. I get all dressed, ready to go, don't poop, which I was very nervous about, which I wish I would have woken up. 5.15, 5.30, because then I would have had more time. Well, this is what I thought initially. I would have had more time to digest, you know, the coffee. I ate a Laura bar, which I totally forgot. I used to eat those before races all the time. I haven't been practicing with them recently per se, but they're just, I don't know, simple ingredients. My stomach likes them. There's like a decent amount of carbs in a lot of them. Anywho, so I had like a three-fourths of a Laura bar but my stomach was kind of feeling a little weird after the coffee because I started drinking the coffee first, so I didn't finish it. Just kind of went by feel of how how much I wanted to eat. I was going to dive into a banana, but since my stomach hurt, I kind of just like didn't, which I'm glad I didn't because I think if I would have eaten any more, I would have been off. But I was so mad I didn't go to the bathroom before leaving. But whatever. I was like, okay, I need to go to race start. You know, it's I think I left my house at 6 30, which is crazy because usually I like to get to a race maybe 45 minutes, an hour early to kind of go to the bathroom a couple times, like walk around, warm up, like do all this stuff. But I ran to race start, which was like a fine warm up. And I got there maybe 640. And 
I get like I now in hindsight, I get that was super late and I understand why I couldn't get in my right corral, but I did what all good runners do and should do as the responsible racer I am. I got in the porter potty line and I like barely peed. I didn't have to go, but you always do it just in case, you know, you get there and you can get something out before you go in your corral, but whatever. So get through it. It was probably like 7.48 now. And I'm like, all right, time to go in the corral. Totally missed the national anthem. Must have been in the bathroom or something. I'm not really sure how I missed it, but I did. Weird. And I go through a corral, get to the front of it. All of a sudden, I realized I can't get through. And it was like basically the start of the 210. I knew someone from a past running group, shout out Jesus, <laughs> who was the the pacer for the 210. And I was like, Jesus, like, how do I get through? And he's like, oh, they're not letting anyone through anymore. You can try to go through, but I just don't know if you want to do that. Look at that guy over there. There's this guy. He was like bodybuilder, 6'5", like, don't go through. And I was like, I just don't feel like dealing with him, you know? And I get it. Maybe it was a COVID thing, like only having a certain amount of runners in that corral. Maybe it was a timing thing. But I was kind of mad because they were like, you guys slept in, shouldn't have slept in. And I was like, okay, I was trying to poop. And I actually yelled at them like, we were trying to poop. People agreed though. Come on, we got to go to the bathroom before we get in our corral. And there was nothing stated online that said to be in a corral by a certain time or else I totally would have abided by that. But whatever. In hindsight, though, like really good decision to be in that past one because then I could, you know, pass runners as the race went on and it would have given me more energy. So I was fine. I was totally fine. So the goal for me on top of the pace goal that I made for myself was to have fun with the freaking course. So this is something I like to apply to all races, half and fulls. There's always something amazing about the course. I mean, that's why they made it the course. Unless we're talking about a lame race, cough, cough, Ventura Marathon, the old course. Most races are going to have a cool course or they're going to pass something. If they want to get people to your city like Long Beach, they're going to show you some cool stuff. You're going to run by the ocean. You're going to be downtown, which a lot of the race at the start is downtown. There's going to be something interesting to look at. And I swear to God, every time I've done this race, I've blacked out for the first handful of miles. And I mean, I could kind of tell you like where it goes by and whatnot. But if I were to repeat the course turn by turn, I don't think I could have done it before two days ago or yesterday. Wow. This is yesterday that I did this. How crazy is that? Feels like a month ago. So I always black out in the beginning of this race, usually because I'm like trying to get my pace down, trying to like get in the zone, you know, whatever. But it was such a freaking goal for me yesterday, still weird that it was yesterday, to just have fun with the course. And the first three miles, a lot of it, you're actually on the freeway. So I don't know why. Races when you're on the freeway, it's kind of fun. I love city races. Whenever it's like a city race, like Chicago Marathon, LA, oh gosh, I have so much fun with it. So another thing that I really kind of tapped into yesterday that I want to apply for future races and even like future speed days is that I want to take the workout or take the race for what it is. So enjoying elements that I typically wouldn't focus on because sometimes you're kind of more focused on the negative parts of how you're feeling, the fact that this workout sucks, the fact that this race, oh, that hill really hurt. So instead of focusing on the pain, and when you're like, you know, stressed out or whatnot, or even, you know what, even focusing only on the feeling after, which is a really good strategy if it's really hurting and you need to zone out a bit, 
focusing on how you're going to feel after the workout. But on top of that, I wanted more from the experience. I wanted to tap into really being in the now, which I think there's a takeaway there for good and bad races and workouts. When you're feeling bad, really acknowledging what you're going through and focusing on other things on top of that is kind of powerful. I mean, bad runs and bad races make the good ones feel so much better because then you have that comparison of, wow, this felt better than the last time I did this. But also focusing on the positive of things that you wouldn't necessarily see when you're so blinded by the negative thoughts. So there's just like some trees I noticed that I hadn't noticed before. The water and the reflection when we went over the bridge a couple times of just how beautiful the sky looked and how happy some of the other runners were around me. And I really took in the crowd when we went by people during the race and just, you know, read all the signs and really experienced the little things that we passed by versus focusing on something like, oh, maybe I can't keep this pace up or whatnot. So maybe there's a takeaway there, (laughs) but it honestly made the race go by so much more quickly, but in a good way, like in a way that I really enjoyed the experience. I mean, it really helped that I had a good run. I'm not going to lie, but there's something about focusing on the positives versus the negatives when you're in it and experiencing negatives that I think is really powerful. Anywho, I mean, I post this on my IG stories, but that shit's gone within 24 hours. So I'll repeat part of it again, go into a little bit of detail that I didn't mention, but a couple things I really focused on during the race on top of enjoying the scenery and sticking to my plan was checkpoints and mantras. So we'll talk about mantra second, but checkpoints was freaking huge, people. And I'm not just saying that. Do I ever just say anything? Everything I say is purpose. Just kidding. I was talking today at lunch and Sam's like, are you just talking just to talk? And I had to check in on myself and I was. So, and also that makes him sound really mean, but like it was, I was saying something that was just so ridiculous and made no sense. Anyway, checkpoints, love love checkpoints. This is my strategy during most of my speed workouts too. So basically what you do is you focus on something in the future. Wait, wait, no, that goes against everything I was just saying. (laughs) What you do is while you're in the moment, you know, something is going to come upon you. So for instance, I knew this course so well because, you know, this is my home course. I run a lot of the course a lot during my training and I just know it pretty well. So I knew when a bathroom was going to come up. I had my typical checkpoints from a workout. I knew when there was like a big palm tree. I knew when there was a particular building or a street sign or something. So I would focus on one in the near future. Even if you haven't actually ran a course before and you want to do this strategy, you totally can. You can see, especially if you're going in a straight line for a mile or half mile or whatever, you can kind of see what's coming up to you. You can see like, oh, that house is kind of funky on the corner. That's going to be my new checkpoint. And they don't even have to be a mile out. It can be like a quarter mile out. It can be even closer than that if that's what your brain is wanting. Just focusing on something in the distance and getting to it. Once you get there, it's kind of like you can give yourself a little high five, a little pat on the back visually, if you will. And you focus on something else in the future. And I know it sounds kind of weird. It's a mental game, okay? Just don't think about it too much. It's a mental game. If it works for you, you keep it going. If it doesn't work for you and you hate it, you don't even touch it. (laughs) If it doesn't work for you mentally, then don't even go there. You know, you got to do whatever your brain 
likes, whatever your brain prefers, because that's what's going to work for you. But anyway, I did checkpoints this entire race, and I thoroughly enjoyed each checkpoint. I had so much fun. And again, this doesn't always happen. <laughs> Some, I mean, checkpoints work for me during bad runs and bad races too, just mentally kind of breaking it up into shorter chunks versus thinking like, holy crap, I have eight miles left. Instead, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to go to that freaking bush. And then once I get there, I'll focus on the next part. So if you're kind of overwhelmed by the process, this strategy could also work for you. Checkpoints, love. They work for my brain. How about you? Mantras was my next one. So I I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about the rules of forming a mantra because I think they're a lot more simple than we give them credit for. And a lot of the times you see these articles like the importance of a running mantra and all this stuff. And then you're like, oh my God, I need a mantra. And then it's confusing. So let's let's kind of dive into it a little bit because mantras are something that you do every day without realizing it, probably. But here are what I see as the most important rules to forming a running mantra. Number one, focus on what comes to you. So feel free to brainstorm pre-race, pre-workout, things that you think are important to you, like I've got this, or just something that you read, you're like, wow, that's really powerful, whatnot. But in my experience, it doesn't matter how much you brainstorm mantras that seem powerful, it's all in the moment. So whatever comes to you, let's say when you're running or doing whatever you need to do, like whatever physical activity it is, but let's talk running since we're in that, whatever comes to you when you need them the most Whatever speaks to you in the moment is going to be the most important. So for instance, every race I've ever done, I've probably had an iteration of a mantra that worked for me in the past or a different mantra in general. This race in particular, I had so many different ones that I've never used before. And it's because it came to me in the moment and it was like very valuable to me. And I was very passionate about what I was saying in my brain to keep me going. And so obviously focusing on what comes to you is going to be the most important because yeah, you maybe heard a saying that was inspirational, but if it's not speaking to you in the moment of what you're doing when you need it, it's not going to mean anything. So that brings me to number two, focusing on what is meaningful. So what comes to you and what actually means something. Okay. So you might read someone else's mantra, like I shared on Instagram and you're like, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to use that. And that is awesome if it applies to your life. But if it's meaningless and it doesn't really mean anything to you, then forget it. I think sharing what you focused on in a race, if it helps, if it works for you, is super cool and a little intimate to share and really freaking cheesy, but like we love it. Especially if it can help someone else find that short saying that really speaks to them, then you sharing that mantra can be even more powerful because it's not only affecting your life, it's affecting others around you that are taking it and using it for themselves. So I think that's really cool when people share their mantras because if it speaks to someone else and it helps them, that's pretty cool. It is cheesy though. Mantras are so cheesy when you get out of a race. You're like, oh, this really spoke to me during the race. I always like cringe internally. I'm like, I cannot believe that spoke to me. That's just like so cheesy. You've got this girl. It's like, oh, saying it out loud. It's like corn dog, but... Alas, we share it. 
So you might be wondering like when is a good time to like say these mantras and it's whenever works for you. So a lot of the time if I'm running a race and like a phrase comes to my mind, which a mantra is just like a short little phrase anyways, it's you've got this, I'm elite, I trained for this, my body is strong, my mind is strong, I can overcome adversity, I can do this, just do it, gut it, whatever, whatever saying it is. Those are just some random ones that came to my head. When you feel like your pace is dropping during, let's say, marathon, half marathon, whatever the race is, this is a really good time to bring it back up, whatever one came into your head during the race. So when you feel your pace dropping and you're feeling like, I'm not feeling so good, this is when you repeat it over and over and over again. So good to remember that your brain is more powerful than you can even ever imagine. And by bringing this thought top of mind or to light, it can really help you believe it, actually believe it. It's like why people are like, just tell yourself that you can do it. Have faith in yourself. Like repeat this saying and you'll believe it. It's because it's freaking true. And so if you keep on telling yourself, I'm going to keep on going, I'm going to hold this pace, I'm going to pick up my feet, I'm going to pick up my cadence. If you keep on repeating it to yourself, you're going to believe it. I am strong, I can do this, I can get to the next mile, whatever it is. Your brain's gonna start to believe it. Even if your body's tired, we always have a little bit more in our brain to get our body to move. We always have a little bit more energy and your brain can convince your body to keep on going. You always have a little bit more. And really, it can help you believe something and possibly do something you never thought was possible. You know, we all have those good races where we're like, I literally don't know how I did that. It's because your brain convinced your body that you could do it. And you never know what you can do until you do it, you know? (laughs) Is this getting, I don't know if this is making sense or not, but there you go. So I had a lot of fun and it was actually really fun too because there are two people in the race and this is kind of another strategy I had was since I... I was really kind of flexible with my paces. You know, I I slowed down for the first four miles, but then I allowed myself to pick it up through mile 10 um, at a strategic range of a 740 to an eight. And I, I told myself, I'm like, okay, find somebody else kind of around this pace. You know, you're looking at your watch. You have a good feel of what you're running and what they're running. And try to like see if you can stick with them and kind of run the race with them. And I totally did this with this guy, like a 60-year-old dude who had like the strongest thighs I've ever seen in my entire life. And if you're listening to this, that was really fun racing with you. But I think there's a very low chance of this dude listening to this podcast. But it was really fun because he was kind of running with this other guy. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they know each other and they've like trained together or they're using it as a speed workout too or whatever. And we would eventually the other guy kind of dropped back a little bit and then him and I would like, switch off who was leading so like and I always made it so if I saw a curve coming like he could get in and he did the same for me it was very much so running with a friend or training partner and so I would lead for a quarter mile he would take the lead for a while he was faster on the uphill I was faster on the downhill and we always stayed like within arms or within maybe 10 feet of each other and so we're always like pretty close to each other and then we ran side by side at parts where it's like a straight path We both were very strategic about running the tangent of the course because neither of us wanted to run more than a half marathon. I ended up running 13.2. And it's funny because my first time doing the Long Beach half marathon, I think I ran 13.19. 
And I was like proud of myself because usually in races, it's really hard to run right on the distance because with so many people doing it, you can't like perfectly run the course. But I did as good as I could. (laughs) And so yeah, 13.2, which is kind of funny. And like, it's kind of also a takeaway because when you get your official time, it's always going to be actually a little bit slower than what you have on your watch because it's going to take your average for if you're doing a half marathon 13.1, where on your watch, if you ran 13.2 or 13.3, you're going to see the actual pace that you ran. So when you see your official pace, it's always going to be a little bit slower if you ran over the distance of the race that you were doing. Fun fact, if you haven't realized that already. But yeah, I had so much fun. I, other than like one mile where I kind of stopped focusing on my splits and I kind of slowed down my pace a little bit without realizing, which I was totally fine with, by the way, especially like not having to stare down at my watch 24-7, kind of letting myself relax and just enjoy. I basically ran what I had planned to run for the race. So that gave me a little bit of mental strength and it made me feel good. It made me feel happy and it made me feel like I can do this racing thing again. It's really hard when all of your PRs were in the beginning of your running journey (laughs) and you haven't really progressed from there. And don't get me wrong. I was going through a lot. I was going through a lot of, I don't know, I was like kind of getting my eating under control. And I think that had to do with a lot of my ups and downs through running. And now that I feel like I'm in a place where I'm really comfortable with my nutrition, I feel really happy with my nutrition in general. I trust myself. I know when I'm hungry. I know when I'm not hungry. I know what foods are going to make me feel good. I basically eat whatever I want and I feel like I have power over that. I feel like I could be in a good place to really dive deep into training again and work on progressing my marathon and half marathon. And also last side comment, the half marathon is an amazing distance. (laughs) It made me realize and remember that every time I raced a half marathon, I wouldn't be as grossly dead as I typically am after a marathon. And after a half marathon, I can still walk around. I have some energy left in the day. I'm a human. And sometimes after a marathon, I feel like I'm just kind of like bleh. Like I usually have to take a nap and then I want to go to bed early. I feel like traveling for a half marathon is so much more fun because then you have more energy afterwards. That is my recap. And hopefully you have a takeaway here from the mantras, maybe finding beauty in the process of running a race or doing a hard workout. And maybe you want to come to the Long Beach Half or Full Marathon next year. Highly recommend it. Favorite race, not my favorite marathon, but my favorite half marathon. Hit me up if you have any questions on the course or on the race. I definitely will give you some information. And it always is in October. It's always around like the second weekend of October. So it didn't change because of COVID this year. It's always around that time, which it is beautiful, which I didn't mention, but the weather was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, and I forgot to say the half-ass flat runner problem was I forgot my freaking glasses and it gets so bright on the course. So I had to text Sam and say, will you hand me my glasses? And he totally did. (laughs) He handed them to me at mile seven, I want to say on the bike path. And It was perfecto, made my race, and that was all. But I hope you guys are having a great Monday. And if not, you know what? Let's turn it around. Let's make it a good week. Is the new Bachelorette on today? It might be. I'm not sure. I'm not going to look it up. I'll look it up after this podcast. But if it is, maybe you're watching it. And if you're watching it, let me know 
who you like the best <laughs> of the men that are coming in for Michelle. Love Michelle, by the way. Not just because we share the same name and not just because she also played basketball in her past, but because she's just like the coolest human being in the world. Love her. Michelle Stan, as the Gen X's say. But have a great rest of your week. Do you have a race coming up? Let me know on social media. Fuel My Run. Hopefully I'll get some videos up soon on Fuel My Run YouTube. If you're feeling it and want to support this podcast, check out the link in the description. You can give a few dollars a month if you listen to this podcast and like it and want me to create more content or hope for future content where I can interview more people and dedicate more time to this podcast. But anywho, anyway, I will talk to you later. Okay? Goodbye.